to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rotten about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed it is. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact. They were all up in your face. It is time once again for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. And additionally, welcome to it. On tonight's special episode, uh, we have uh, episode 305, The Guys of Chat Pile are going to be on. So we're going to get, I'm going to say at least 75%, if not 100% of them. And I'm very excited to talk to these fellas. They have a ripping new record called God's Country. And we're going to talk all about that, do a song by song. We're going to talk about the other EPs and just all the amazing things happening Chat Pile Landia, a.k.a. the reason why people are aware that Oklahoma is a thing that good stuff can happen from currently. Them and Train Dodge. Uh, so before we get going with that, though, uh, welcome to Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal. I am your host, Kona Neutron. I am a rock and roll lifer who has toured and recorded for over 22 years, most known for the band Kona Neutron and the Secret Friends. Music is a huge part of my life, and I use the format of this long-running podcast to talk about music with musicians whose work I enjoy and respect. Folks, it may or may not be household names, but do something very special. This is episode 305. Wow. If this is your first time listening to the show, all of the archives are at ProtonicUniversal.com and are always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. If you'd like to support the show and get episodes sooner, you can give $1 a month to Patreon.com slash And if you like the show or even just a single episode, please feel free to share it along, like, subscribe, or post a review. All that helps people find the show, and it's just a darn nice thing to do. So without further ado... Let's uh, go ahead and bring these fellas on. Uh, these uh, these easy young up and comers here. Uh, what's happening, fellas? How it goes? So, uh, Captain Ron, <laughs> Luther Manhole, Stin, seventy five percent of chat pile. So good to That's see right. you. <laughs> Yeah, Probably a hundred percent, maybe. Yeah, yeah. real show up. <laughs> it's an, if it's an extended intro, you're doing fine, right? I mean, he's, he's got time to primp in the back. Uh, We're kind of treating it like it's practice right now. You right. know, he'll, he'll show up eventually. Yeah, you guys can just grind it out, and uh, yeah, you know, it's that's what it is. Uh, so, first of all, congratulations on the new record. When did you actually record God's Country? Was it? It's it's had been. I know you did two EPs before that, if I remember correctly, if I'm tracking this correctly. But when did you record it? We started recording it in, I believe, March of 2021. Yeah. And Somewhere so, at the beginning of last year. Yeah. And March through uh, like August. August. 
August, yeah. And uh, so the Flunzer's kind of been sitting on it for, or had been sitting on it for about a year um, because of production delays with vinyl and all that stuff. But yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's kind of been in our heads for a long time, anyway. Well, yeah, and that's that's why I ask is because in the era that we're in right now, I think what ends up happening is people end up like recording a record, and then by the time it actually comes out, it's like, oh yeah, that I forgot about that, you know. Like, especially, yeah. <laughs> especially if the songs existed previously beforehand, and you played out on them, it's like, oh yeah, it's still not out, huh? It's crazy. <laughs> it's it, it's it's like a time travel kind of situation. I feel like so. I mean, I have you got? Did you guys have songs in the set? that were on the record before and kind of play them out live first or is it all more in the studio originally yeah all the songs for uh god's country we kind of like wrote in that time period so they weren't there prior to that that chunk of time that we were recording it but after we recorded it we started playing all the songs out live so people more or less uh if they were paying close enough attention probably heard a majority of the album there's actually a couple songs we still to this day have never played live <laughs> from the album yeah. but, right. but i would say like 75 percent of it yeah well and, and yeah. we'll get a little more into that too uh also yeah. i just realized i should probably first of all address people by name or, no, or nom to rock <laughs> uh this is this is the problem with not doing it one-on-one right uh but then also <laughs> for the viewing audience for the listeners can everyone just we can just go around and uh, everyone can introduce themselves and what they do in the band yeah I, uh, I'm Luther Manhall. I play guitar in chat pile. This is what I sound like. <laughs> uh, I'm Stan. I play bass. Captain Ron, and I play drums. There you go. There you go. Uh, and our, our erstwhile singer, again, extended intro. Ray Gunbush. Yes. Yeah, Ray Gunbush. May Bubbles. or may not be joining us. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it, it has been, just to your last point, it's been uh, interesting having that album finished for a long time and then just, like, yeah. wanting wanting people to hear it and stuff. And kind of, like, when the only people that have heard it is the people in the band and the label and, like, our girlfriends or wives. Uh, it's, you know, you don't know. Like, even if I'm like, I think it's good, like, right. just having really no external feedback at all, kind of just, like, you know, you just... I went through various stages of liking and not liking things over yeah. the course of an entire year, you know. Uh, but it's been awesome the responses that's come it's, out. It seems and, like uh, people yeah. are responding very well to it. I mean, like, and that's, yeah, it's been I mean, crazy. That's that's the hope, right? You know, that yeah. <laughs> some people out there might like it. You know, obviously you're doing it for yourselves a certain degree, but uh, you know, it's the response has been very nice, and I, I think that that's. Uh, that's lovely to see because folks that are not aware, I mean, you guys are a working band. Like you, you are going out and doing it. You're playing shows, you're touring. Like it's not, it's a weird time to not be an already known commodity is, is what it <laughs> seems like to me. Like, and so the idea that anything could break through at all, I mean, it's a minor miracle. Anybody pays any attention to anything, frankly. It's, yeah. it's crazy. That's, yeah, that's I mean, the way we see it too, for sure. And like, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird how like in the current like culture, it seems like people really seem to be hung up on like kind of legacy bands that have been around forever and new stuff kind of just simmers kind of in the underground without ever breaking through like 99.99% yeah. of the time, right? It's like people are still holding on to, it, it's kind of like, it feels like things used to go out of fashion and now things don't. Things are just sort of eternally popular. Uh, you know, if they ever had any mainstream uh, 
notability, right. you know, in the last 30 years. I mean, Elvis is popular. Right. <laughs> if, it, if it got in before the buzzer, then it's it's all at an equal level. You yeah. Know? Like it's, and it's good for you if you're a legacy act, but if you're not, go pound sand is what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, I mean, I think we made something good, but also there's definitely a bit of luck that, I mean, because yeah, none of us were in other bands that really anyone knew or anything or, you know, it just don't have like, you know, <laughs> my parents don't have uh, blue names on Wikipedia or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, that's like, good. That's good. I got to remember that one. I don't know. It's uh, so it's weird. I just don't, it's, I was not expecting, you know, there was some hype, but I was just not expecting, uh, you know, so many people to respond to it. It's just awesome. Yeah. crazy. <laughs> Speaking of awesome and crazy, here's your front man. Hey, Ray hey, hey what's up? <laughs> How's it going, guys? We're gonna get a Hollywood Squares thing going on here. I gotta weigh in. I don't think that everything is in fashion forever. For instance, <laughs> like swing music. It's fully like dead. Hopefully. <laughs> Do you not think that there's like a group of uh, like Zoomers out there though who love the Cherry Pop and Daddies? You, you know, TikTok, I, like spinning canes. Well, I mean, we're, we're, it's it came it's back coming. in the '90s. We're ready for it again now. Yeah. Do, so, but that's a bad example then maybe. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys remember the John? Favreau movie, uh, it's Swingers, like the yeah, one that kind of brought yeah, it to attention. Swingers and May. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in Swingers, there is a there's a key moment that has uh, is oh god, I think it's a Cherry Pop and Daddies, if I remember correctly. It's squirrel nut zippers. Squirrel nut zippers. Yeah. I always get those confused. It's Big Dad Voodoo Daddy, and I know this. Oh, yeah, it is. I I it. Two what men were wrong. Yeah. I like that we got it wrong twice. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Big bad voodoo daddy. Oh, what a man! And I had forgotten about that because I just I hadn't seen that film in forever, and I, and I was expecting like, oh man, I bet I bet this didn't stand the test of time. But I was like, oh no, actually, you know, pretty good. But yeah, I was like, oh my god, swing music. That's right. This is from that era where like there was like five minutes that was like real popular, and like those bands had like. A career, and they could run around like playing yeah. shows like all around the U.S. and people would. Let's What's go listen to the swing music. situation on that. Did swingers make swing music popular, or is it vice versa? What year did it come out? Ninety four, ninety six, I think. I, what I, about that's too late. Kids, then. you remember that movie? Oh yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think swing kids planted the seed, <laughs> or swing kids lit the fuse. That swingers was the bomb. <laughs> I, I mean, feel- Weird Al even did what? Grapefruit Diet. That was his <laughs> contribution to the. Oh God, that's that's maybe my vote. Two for the worst of- thing that ever happened in music during my lifetime <laughs> is, is the swing revival. It's, it's yeah, Cherry Pop and Daddy's. It's <laughs> baffling too. It's absolutely baffling. That's that's the thing that uh, like to me, I feel like okay, so garage rock comes around like every like five, ten years, right? Or every five, ten minutes as we've now shortened the, the epochs of time. But, like, there's some things where it's like, what? Why is that the thing? And that was the most, why is that the thing for me in, like, my entire <laughs> lifetime? I'm like, 
No, really. What is like? What's the thing that's popping? No, it's, it's not really that, <laughs> I, right? I've often wondered that with garage rock too, because it is a thing, and it's like especially people of like a certain age. Like I feel like it's people who are ten years older than me. Yeah, have like this. Like if you're a WFMU DJ, then you own like every Pebbles, you know, <laughs> pop or whatever. And uh, that stuff kind of. I mean, you know, there's some of it I can pick and choose that I like, but it's just it's weird if that's like your thing to me. I don't know. You know, I had Lenny K on this show. <laughs> There you go. Have you, I'll have you know, and uh, he's, 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 he, I, I will say this: that that dude is, uh, he's very knowledgeable about about rock and roll. But I, I do agree. I, I feel like that one just keeps coming back, keeps coming back. Like if there is a swing revival, that's the only like it'll have to be in an election year because it's got to be yeah. the only thing that can make things the, worse. All I can say is the fourth wave of ska is coming. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> The fifth wave? The fifth wave. Yeah, what are we on? Is there a fifth, sixth wave? Well, okay, so two-tone is... I can't believe I'm doing this. Two-tone is the second wave, right? And then there's third wave ska, which is like the... the, um, Real Big Fish. Yeah, and and like all the... I was going to say the Asian men records, like Skank and Pickle and all that. Which, did you all know that Ian Miller from Kowloon Mall City used to play in Skank and Pickle? Whoa. That's a weird connection. (laughs) That's a fun I, fact. I, it is we, indeed a fact, and it is fun, as far as I'm I concerned. I feel like we have a lot of, like, ska tolerance in our band. I know at least, like, Ray and I can get down. With, I mean, I yeah, it, it hit for me. Too. Yeah, it hit for me pretty hard in, like, because uh, I'm 32. So in the early aughts and yeah. late 90s, when ska was just, like, exploding, it definitely Well, uh, we were talking recently that we both agree the Boston's are the ones that age the best of all the mainstream yeah I think yeah. Up. which those they were technically ska punk of course well yeah okay. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, yeah. better than less than Jay I take the point I take the point I was never uh, in band in high school so ska missed me completely <laughs> yeah we got into ska yeah I think there's there's I mean, I, I, do you guys feel that there should be like an age cutoff for that? I feel like there should be an age cutoff. Like if you're yeah, like, if, if you're a teenager, it's like, ah, whatever. Like maybe they just haven't heard the right record yet. But if you're like 55, should you still be like, <laughs> <wave's> gone. <laughs> you're like, this just doesn't speak to me anymore. For some <laughs> I just, They're just having a good time out there, you know. I'm trying to pick it up, pick it up, but my back is killing me. <laughs> I feel like the impression that I get is the walking on sunshine of the 90s, though, you know? Yeah, oh, I, for sure. That, yeah. That'll be good at any age. When I'm 90 years old, <laughs> that, that record on. Yeah, I mean, a good song's a good song, don't get me wrong. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Co- coming up next week, all of those bands. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, but so Captain Ron, how do you feel about the whole ska thing? You, you're awfully quiet. <laughs> Uh, not yeah, not a star guy. I'm <laughs> I'm more more Lucky into uh, dub and stuff. If we're going, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've talked about trying to like somehow force some like dub stuff in somehow mm. into a chat pile context, but I don't know. We haven't really earnestly worked on that. It's kind of just been like I don't know. Other bands have done it too. It's not yes. too far out. But Sublime's uh, about as. As ska as I go. So. Oh, yeah, Sublime. They're awesome. <laughs> I do like Sublime. So. I'll be on record and on camera saying that I like the band Sublime. <laughs> Bold move. Bold <laughs> move, Cotton. Oh, it's just the camera. People will see this. Yeah, they're, they're seeing see it now. This. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> welcome, yeah, welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're on, baby. 
Hey. <laughs> Although, arguably, is anyone really going to see it? It's the internet, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, look at this. Doesn't this look like the Caterwall artwork? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that, a, is that an actual keyboard? Oh, it's like a yeah, karaoke we just, machine? We got this for uh, Liz's nephew. That's amazing. Exactly like let's, let's, let's the see. artwork from the festival we played this year. Yeah, yeah, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> keep, keep, keep that. This is going to be real annoying for the audio listeners, but uh, yeah, let's 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 put that on solo. So we can... <laughs> oh, wow. amazing! Yeah, yeah that's that's good. it's great. Keyboard cat, yeah, man, totally keyboard yeah. cat. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. That that's a, that was a gift, like a child uh, gift or something. We got if we haven't given them to him yet. It's just we just got, I drove home from Houston today, so uh, that's sick, that's, man. That's I'm sitting amongst a bunch of stuff from the car. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that I would be stoked if I got that. As a, I'd be stoked if I got that as an adult. I'd be like, hell yeah. Does it take pedals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the MIDI output? Uh, on the just got to get out the soldering iron. <laughs> yeah. yeah, plug it right into our Scarlet, the focus right, and just track some stuff with it. I mean, I've, I've literally done crazier things. Uh, but... <laughs> So anyway, so so like so first of all, I want to get having nothing to do with swingers or was it was it Big Bad Voodoo Daddy? No, fuck, I already forgot who it was. Yeah, that's, that's how yeah. much I cared about that information. Is like none at all. <laughs> uh, I, I want to kind of go through go through the new record and uh, go through song by song. But first, let's let's so let's talk about it. So you guys, I feel like you have an, you have an artistic ethos. You got your um, your logo, which is very much from the you have to squint to like read what it says school of logo design. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, did, did that develop early on or is that something that like, like did you yeah. conceive it with yeah. the band? I, I would say, um, well, okay. So a little back to our little history is that myself and Luther are, are kind of the metal guys in the band. Um, Ray and Ron don't really listen to like a ton of metal whatsoever. <laughs> um, but conceptually, uh, with just kind of the aesthetics of what we were doing, very early from the beginning, we kept talking about how we wanted a blob logo of some kind. Right. And um, we kept trying to find people who could design it for us, but n- no takers. <laughs> and so uh, Luther ended up, well, you went through some weird website where. Yeah, Fiverr, which is like. Oh, yeah, yeah. People. Yeah. <laughs> I just I used we used Fiverr. Uh, yeah, so we made, made it for us. I, I, some it, anonymous person twenty five bucks to whip out to a design logo. a logo. That's amazing. Yeah, so that's so when Fiverr job. first started, it was literally like oh. I will dance in a seal costume to for thirty seconds, like stuff. Like what? Yeah. Who is that for? Like just like <laughs> no. Now now it's like a gig economy kind it, of thing, like where people f- will will do art or music or whatever. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this guy made. He's like metal band logos, and I saw <laughs> that he that had version, some. Isn't that version two though? This was version two. The first one was like almost like more old English looking. It, no, was, like... it was like sarsaparilla font. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't. Yeah, it was it fucked was up. Awful. It was fucked up. I was almost like, hey, we shouldn't be a band if this is what it's gonna uh, be like. But no, yeah. I, I, I just like sent him a few other like yeah. more like this, like yeah. a few death metal bands. But he still didn't even get close because the thing we wanted something that looked. <laughs> Like a spectral voice logo, or like okay. uh, uh, like Trifium Val, or however you say that band. So they like really drippy, disgusting, like insane, unreadable logo. You can still kind of read this if you yeah, know what yeah, it yeah. says. Yeah, it's still 
it's it's somewhat legible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it, it's it kind of uh, looks like a spider, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like though. Ultimately, I liked that. that it was sort of circular. Yeah, that, like yeah, you, yeah. you know, you don't see that a whole lot. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's it's so there's a theory that says that if it's um that for a logo to be really good, like a child should be able to draw it. You know, it should be simple, yeah. like, kind of simple. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, like, some of these, like, you know, city, like, flags or whatever, they have all this, like, junk going on. It's like, no, you don't want, like, a bunch of oh, stuff yeah. that's, like, hard to, like, get. You want something immediately recognizable, right? It, it needs to be stamped into your brain without thinking about it too much, you know? Yeah, exactly. Where you just see it and you're, like, and, like, there's some some non-verbal uh, part of your brain can just I- immediately associate that with the thing that it is. Thank but, you. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I, going back though, like a, a logo was important to us. Like we knew aesthetically, like even though we weren't going to be like a death metal band or black metal band, like yeah. in its purest sense, we still wanted that type of juxtaposition. You know, like, like from the get-go, we wanted to have album art and that sort of thing that didn't traditionally look like a metal album, but in- incorporated those types of traditional elements into the design. So that was kind of always top of mind before we even got too far in the process. Well, and that's that's interesting because I feel like when I first saw it, I expected it to be different than it, than, than it was. Like I expected it to sound like black metal, you know, like straight up. And, I, and then I was like, oh, interesting. Like, and to me, that was like, that's good because I like things that are surprising. I think for a yeah. lot of folks, it's, it's sort of like, oh, all right, what are these what are these dudes up to? Okay, cool. Yeah, that's definitely what we were going for. And, uh, you know, a lot of people appreciate it. And a lot of people are infuriated by it. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it's, you know, it's we've had it long enough where it's like, you know, it, You're gonna we're, stick just with gonna, it? we're just going to use it. Yeah. Hey, at least you didn't pick a sentence song band name. I'm sticking with that. And it's like, <laughs> dumb. Yeah, like, Kiss or uh, or you know the Grateful Dead or something you know yeah that's right you, and you're like oh this is gonna be fucking melt my face and then you know you hear it and it's like wait what <laughs> <laughs> Zach Lockwood from the comments I was expecting some kind of black and hardcore stuff when I saw the cover of Remove Your Skin Please and what I heard was way way better oh, Zach is the cool dude he's in Urine Hill Chicago. Nice. He watched the movie Humanity and talked to me about it. All Meanwhile, right. my own the bass player and my own band won't watch it. <laughs> Did not do any of those I things. Have spoken, huh? I have spoken at length with Zach Lockwood about mm-hmm. humanity. So. Right. Anyway. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, so then, and just you know, I think the. What is what does the band name mean? Is like dumb, like radio DJ questions. But I actually think it's interesting in you guys's case. Uh, how do you, I mean? Other than the fact that it's like that's not a term that you know unless you know. Like, how did you guys decide? Like, yeah, that's good. That that's gonna be what we're gonna call the band. We just we had like a list of names that I think all of us were kind of contributing to, and then I know Stin's the one who did. He suggested Chat Pile, and it was kind of, I wouldn't say it was like a placeholder at first, because we all liked it, but I think we're all just like, you know, it's, uh, that one's cool, like, it kind of fits, but then over time, it just definitely, I don't know, with the, the meaning of it, of it, you know. It becomes whatever the band is, is uh, you know, that's, that's yeah. Some people are still, that is also a thing where people are like, what the fuck does that mean, or that's a <laughs> dumbass name, it sounds, you know, and then someone will be like, actually, it yeah, means this, media. and then uh, um, and, you um, know, actually, and, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, 
God bless those people. They're doing the Lord's work for us, you know? <laughs> yeah. The other thing with the name, too, is, like, we wanted deliberately to have, like, a local element into the band, you right. know? Right, because like, it is very local to where y'all are from, right? So that's very cool, like, to me, because I think that the regionality... It's kind of a testament to how, uh, how uh, I guess, you know, low our expectations were of, like, the reach of our band. We're like, yeah, we're just yeah. going to make music for people in Oklahoma City. <laughs> Well, and, I mean, but, that definitely was kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a very short list of bands from there. Uh, and, and again, it's even shorter list if you're not down with like, you know, Indian underground music. So it is something where even there being a good band from Oklahoma <laughs> is, is sort of like, oh, awesome. There's a good band from Oklahoma again. Cool. Right on. I mean, I'm, there's been a there's been a ton of good stuff from here. It's just we've kind of talked about it before. A lot of stuff like it doesn't uh, get out. Starts starts and then you know a band's around for a year that rocks and like makes super cool stuff, and then just fizzles out or something. Like right. there's been a ton of cool bands for you know at least in the 20 years I've been going to shows in Oklahoma City. You know, like a, a lot of good stuff. It's just you know some stuff breaks through. Yeah, yeah, and you have to stick around. Traditionally, in music through. city. Yeah, and that's yeah. and and I wasn't trying to come off like an elitist or anything, but I think oh that, no, 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 that yeah. is that is the key to it that like stuff has to stick around to break through, and then also, you know, there are a lot of bands they can be the best band in the world, but if it doesn't connect with folks, it doesn't connect with folks, and that maybe just happenstance or luck, you know, there's 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 yeah. no, there's nothing to it, but sometimes stuff comes together and, and people do connect with it, and it has been really yeah. cool seeing people connect with your band. And, uh, you know, we, we hope that maybe by like extension, people will pay a little more attention to Oklahoma City. I mean, like, good Lord, like Train Dodge deserves. They're so sick. They're so <laughs> sick, dude. And they're the nicest guys. And they've been at it forever. Like they deserve to for people to listen to them. <laughs> yeah, everyone listen to Train Dodge if you are listening to this. They are good. They have lots of records. They are yes, sure everywhere <laughs> that you can listen to records. They're, and they're all pretty good. They're new coming out too, right? Or they just recorded yeah, 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 they just recorded so. a new one. And I feel like they're like they're, they're a band that's like a secret code. Like if you talk to someone, they're like, "Oh shit, Train Dodge, that's awesome!" Like then, like you know, you know that you've got like a cultural shorthand with, with them. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're probably from the Midwest, and they're probably in the noise rock. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, sure, if you're gonna break it down like that, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> from the perspective of being being in Oklahoma and being from Oklahoma, do, I mean, do you feel like it's a it's a good place to create to be a band? To um, like, is there is there a scene that's supportive of band support of each other? Things along those lines. Uh, nuts. <laughs> it's mixed. I, I there are lots of bands here, and there are like you know. I was worried this scene. would happen. <laughs> oh, at the pixelation. Uh, oh. <laughs> or, I don't know. It's uh, there's it goes through ways. It's it, here's the thing. Like like the scene here um, is it, it's always flourishing. There's always activity going on. Yeah. But it, it always seems like there are like these people who kind of hold the reins every five years of it. And there's kind of this kind of gatekeeping mentality of it. And there's sort of a kind of flavor of the time sort. I mean, which I know is probably true of any cultural movement or like music scene in any city. But in Oklahoma, when there aren't that many of us, it's very detrimental, in my opinion, to people to shut out certain genres or certain 
I don't know. It just it, it's not always the most inclusive uh, from an uh, like artistic standpoint. But the positive side is that there is always something going on. There's always some DIY culture thriving in some degree. And kind of like in our example, you're sort of like there's no pressure to uh, create. I don't know. There's like, there's no expectations, right? So you can do whatever you want. You can kind of create stuff in like complete anonymity. <laughs> it's, and you're kind of free to do your own thing. No one will listen to it, but you're free to do it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you are free to do whatever you want that no one will listen to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's always, like I said, for the years I've been going to shows here, there's always been a an active scene and stuff. And it's it's less like the big touring bands. Like a lot of them will, will skip us or play Tulsa and then Dallas and then yeah. kind of skip OKC. And so we end up having to, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've driven to Dallas to go see a show that I wish just would have made a stop here. But but a lot of the underground bands, though, when they would tour, I mean, it's a pretty easy stop. So, you know, I-35 like and I-40 connect. So, yeah, so you get yeah, all it's, that. It's not inconvenient at all. Like, it's actually yeah. pretty, you know, depending on where you're going. If you're going down to Texas, it's pretty much it's on the way. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we'd get some of those type of bands coming through. Like, you know, I remember uh, Mono played here in like 2003 or four, and that was like ridiculous that for some reason they played here, you know. One of the most legendary shows in Oklahoma City, like, you know, the handful of people who went were, you know, it grows uh, in terms of people who claim that they were there every year. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of, there must have been a thousand people at this show. It seems like the entire town yeah. was there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was actually there. Though. I was actually there, too, um, as a 14-year-old. <laughs> Well, and that can be, and as you know, as you guys know, like as a band too, when you play a place that doesn't get every band in the world, people, you know, can have a tendency to really appreciate it more. Like it means more. Yeah. And yeah, I, absolutely. If, if you're if you're a metalcore band and you're coming to Oklahoma City, you're gonna get a lot of love. I would say <laughs> <laughs> there's a huge like. Oh scene for like metalcore people here like and th those type of bands they do come and they yeah. like they sell out places and people they do. i went i saw acacia strain like a month ago at 89th street and it was the most packed i have ever seen that video i <laughs> well, like yeah. not the narc on them but it may have been oversold it was crazy <laughs> how many snitches get stitches were. man come on <laughs> <laughs> great show by the way that was really fun <laughs> that's it. That's, this 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 episode is now going to be at shows that you went to. So I think <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Really settle on our key demographics. <laughs> so when you guys are are out and playing, what's the what's the mindset behind like you know playing well trodden territory, places that you know that you're going to do well, and trying to like forge a path into new lands like what what's what's the ratio do you have like a a, a a balance that you try to keep to that uh so far i think the only cities that we've played twice are our own city and then stuff in texas like we haven't done too you know basically as we do more out-of-state shows we've been trying to do different stuff i feel like kind of every time at least so far but we haven't done you know a ton yet like we we did uh, the little Midwest thing where we stopped at Catterwall uh, yes. in May. Uh, but then before that, you know, we, mainly Texas. And we did a, we went out to Little Rock and Memphis once. And 
Yeah, you might be attributing too much theory to like our live <laughs> schedule. It's more like, where can we get to uh, within a day's drive? <laughs> yeah, you know, well, you know, it's that's kind of why we have played out west or east. Yeah. Up, work when we afford. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's like that. It's like that guy that used to review movies based on the proximity to his home. Like, <laughs> if he saw it close to his home, it got a good review. But if he had to go across town, he would he would pan it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that. I, I think... mean, it's pretty close to that sort of. Yeah. I mean, now opportunities are. <laughs> oh, is, it, is it really? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it's just kind of like we've we're we've operated like we're completely you know DIY in every form right. and fashion, and we're like trying to squeeze this band into the existence of like our current lives that uh, you know are busy on their own. So it's sort of like it's just whatever we can do in four days. That's just kind of where we end up, you know. Sure. Uh, those opportunities are opening up a little bit more for us right now, uh, but even still, it's just kind of like the logistics of trying to balance, you know, chat pile life and not chat pile life are kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that when you, if, when you have adult obligations, you know, like that's a, that's a thing that, that ha- that's the way it is. You know, yeah. there's, there's no two ways about it. Uh, but I think you guys are doing a good job of, you know, balancing like, you know, the getting out there with, um, with with everything else. Because I mean, you've got you're you're in a good situation now that now the record's out. You know, people are digging it. They want to hear it. They want to hear you guys play. That's, you know, that's supposed to be what it's like for every band, and we all know that's not that's not always the case. Yeah. Uh, so getting back over to the record, I feel like there's kind of um, a artistic aesthetic to it too where it almost like I, I think of like uh you guys familiar with like the black sparrow books that like bukowski and uh john Fonte okay. and stuff did like yeah the type of binding and uh like it has a certain look to it like you know what a black sparrow book is when you look at it uh here's where i'm going with that i feel like all like your records have like a aesthetic that has like a like a certain feel like you know like obviously the the what you choose to feature on the cover uh as much as like you know the use of negative space etc cetera, etc cetera. uh is that a calculated thing or is it just that's how it's worked out so far i i'd say it's pretty calculated like um like imagery and all that stuff is very important to me like I, i'm the one who does the layout and i take the photos and stuff for it so i i really try to make that part of the package you know it kind of goes back to like my metal fandom i think a lot of like like what makes extreme metal good is the sort of aesthetics that surround certain albums or certain bands or whatever and i really wanted to bring that to the table as well um but i'm also a fan of like like sonic youth is like a big you know sure. uh, thing for me and I, I feel like they're very aesthetic deliberately uh um conscious of like the aesthetics that they put forth on every single album or like era of the band you know so i, I wanted to bring some of that to the table um and then kind of going back to like uh, our obsession with like locality and stuff like we really wanted to mix in like all those photos and stuff that you see like in the album covers on the eps all that stuff that's all within a mile radius of like where we practice and live and all that stuff it's it is our neighborhood that that you're seeing you know we kind of wanted to present that um to people so well and it's so and i'm glad you said that because it's interesting because i think that there's a push towards universalism now and a push towards you know you don't want to 
be too identified with any one thing. Uh, and if you look at like America on the whole, right? I mean, it's you can call, talk about like the mini mollification of of this country, where it's, it's you know I happen to come at the tail end of touring where stuff still looked unique and it wasn't the same three chain stores and like every every place you stop. But I, I think that like it's been interesting to see as bands are kind of forced into being social media influencers just to uh, get people interested in what they're doing that they're almost as a, a push away from the uniqueness of locale and location and where, and where people come from. But that's not what you guys do at all. I think you guys like really lean into it. And I really appreciate that. And it's, to me, it's, it's more reminiscent of like, uh, almost like the Homestead records aesthetic or, oh, it's uh, funny you say that yeah. <laughs> because, uh, Ray Gunn and I are actually avid Homestead collectors. Homesteaders uh, we call it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and in fact, there's, there's one album or one, as far as like album art goes, there's one album in particular that's like been for me, like hugely influential in terms of like design stuff. And it's sleep asylum by Uzi, um, which oh, is wow. Zadig's, uh, one off EP from 86, I believe they're Boston band. So this is like before she went on to do live school or whatever. Um, this is but, a deep cut for me, man. That's crazy. Well, must have come through because I found it at the record store, and then there's like you found one, and I feel like anybody that wants one can have one. Here. I still see them sometimes. Yeah, like, I come yeah. across them. It's weird. So yeah, they, they must have maybe played here, or so, I don't know. But uh, but the layout is beautiful. It has like this uh, this kind of like. Uh, like thin Helvetica, like type at the top. And then there's like, I mean, if you look at it, it's very much similar to like the chat pile layout in terms of like how it looks and stuff. I'm kind of ripping off at least the sort of like spatial elements of it, you know? So yeah, I mean, I would say like Homestead Records in particular, like that whole aesthetic uh, definitely drives the look of kind of uh, our album art and stuff. Yeah, I personally love a good uniform look for volumes of anything you know yeah. like i'm a big blu-ray collector and i appreciate uh criterion kino lorber arrow there's a couple that keep the uniform design versus wild companies like scorpion that have no rules about how they do their yeah. spines <laughs> and stuff and we're we know hey, my kids it. learning graphic design throw it to him yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah well, as, as yeah. far as like the hyper locality goes it's kind of what Stin was saying earlier that when we first started the band we didn't really expect we didn't have any expectations of doing much outside of oklahoma you know we just kind of yeah. wanted to jam for fun and i don't know we just we wanted to make it kind of hyper local just because that we're kind of <laughs> i don't know we're all adults and chose to stay living here you know it's something you know we think about being in oklahoma city a lot i sure. would say yeah sometimes probably more than others just, i bet but yeah yeah so it's just i don't know it just felt like the the right the right decision to just kind of lean yeah. into where we're from. I also think the hype had a big influence on you know at least most of us uh, growing up. The documentary. Yeah, the documentary. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like sub pop and stuff, and how kind of you know uniform and stuff all their their stuff uh, looked at that time. Dude, 100%. I would even go, I would drill down further and say that, like, the, the Poneman Pavit, like, okay, their whole thing was that they tricked the UK uh, uh, journal, uh, music press into believing that there were these 
hillbilly is living in the middle of nowhere making this crazy noise rock. Well, right. that does, sounds absolutely parallel to sort of the narrative that's been created around Shaft Pile to an extent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like Han Han Tad Thomas Anderson Doyle, who's who's like not that guy, a chainsaw, right? Yeah, and then exactly. like and like, oh yeah, there he is. It's like he's not that guy. Yeah, he has like like doesn't he have like a PhD or something? Yeah, he's you know? he's incredibly he's he's incredibly well spoken. He's a brilliant guy. Um, uh, Thomas Andrew Doyle, by the way, I can't believe. Uh, but yeah, way. definitely. I mean, like all that stuff. I I mean, I guess we're revealing just how conscious we are of like the narrative and the aesthetics and all yeah. that stuff. You know, you were talking about how like bands have to be influencers and stuff. It's like we're aware of that too. But I think our angle is coming at it with like trying to be unique as opposed to following like a certain like stamped out template. Hey, this is what a metal band looks like. Hey, this is what uh, noise rock. You know what I mean? Like we, if we sort of like take these sort of confusing elements, it might help us stand out a little bit. Oh yeah, I think yeah, mission accomplished. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so far, doing good. Doing good so far. Yeah. But yeah, I, I but I think that that's also you're following your own compass too right like and, yeah. and the thing is the the weird part about being in a band now is that the blending of the artistic and the personal seems to be like so you have to now like it's it's yeah. it's, it's almost yeah. you can choose how you do that but not doing it doesn't seem to be an option unless you want to write a manifesto in the woods yeah <laughs> which i'm not against manifestos or the woods but i'm just saying <laughs> i just see it as like part of like the the art right like not to sound too pretentious but to me like that package that you put out there for everybody to see and the sort of story that you tell, whether it be through interviews like this or just your social media and stuff, it's like you can make that kind of, I don't know, it's like you could have the same amount of fun doing that kind of shit if you put your mind to it as you would have putting your linear notes together in the 80s or whatever. It's the same stuff, you know, it's just that the times have changed and you kind of have to evolve with the media or medium that exists to do that kind of stuff, you know. Did you say linear notes? Well, li linear notes. Is that not how you linear say notes. it? Liner notes. Liner notes. Liner yeah. notes. I've always said linear notes. I mean, line. they could be linear. I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> uh, they're part of the liner, though, so. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of places they could go with but that, yeah. but I'm not going to. Um, this is all to say, though, it's like even with, like, you know, we wanted to put out a cohesive thing, but it wasn't like, uh, you know, we were doing even you know as far back as the eps we weren't doing it with the intention of like and now we're gonna have a ton of people talk about us or something like that it, it's just we all wanted to put out yeah like like Stin said a, a full like kind of package of something with cool art and good music and just present it out it wasn't really like calculated in a way of like and this is to get a ton of fans or yeah. something you know like that's not that wasn't really the the goal yeah. Well, well, I think that uh, so we should probably I, I want to dive into the actual record and talk a little bit about that. But since we're talking about linear notes, uh, <laughs> including lyrics, you know, the English language is elastic and anyone who acts like it's not as such doesn't know their history. <laughs> <laughs> so they're called so linear true, notes dude. now, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, was there so. You got you guys include lyrics with the music. Is, is has there ever been any sort of contention of like whether that's a, the, a thing to do? Some people, some artists rather leave it open to interpretation. Some artists don't like writing them down. Whatever. 
um, I guess that's really going to be more uh, directed towards you. But I mean, do you have- I'm com- at this age. I'm confident enough to put him in there. You know what I mean? And if somebody wants to say shit to me, so be it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid. I, I think not including lyrics is because you did a bad job and you don't want people to know how poorly written they are, or it's just a fear thing for other reasons. I don't know. It's all fear based, I guess. And I am not afraid anymore. <laughs> they asked me if I wanted to, and I said yes. That's my answer. There you yeah. go. There you go. Fearlessly, you said it. I mean, we're also a band where you can. I mean, you can pretty much most tell of the time you can tell. Yeah, saying so. You know, it's not like it's not you know some crazy black metal shriek that you can't understand, and that you know it's. Well, people are really into the lyrics too, so it's kind of like it, it's it's a good move to just make them accessible. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. If people want to know, I'm like, I, I'd like to at some point like tab out my guitar parts or like maybe do like, do play, a playthrough play video. Yeah, yeah, do like a playthrough <laughs> or something. I just don't have like if I did it, it'd be like this quality right here with like this, yeah. you know, mic and webcam. So it wouldn't be. You, you've seen yeah. playthrough videos, right? Because yeah, that's usually uh-huh. what they are. <laughs> yeah. If I did it, people would be like, "Damn, that's all he's doing." <laughs> <laughs> not impressive at all <laughs> uh, but yeah no I, i'd like for I, I like in general to be pretty honest about what we do and how we do it and you know there's there is like a, a some like mysteriousness with since you know we use pseudonyms or uh stuff like that but i don't know it's where we show our face and you know uh i don't know i just i like to we talk about our process constantly yeah (laughs) that mysterious yeah Yeah. if people want to know something if they ask me hey what tuning's this in or what you know how do you play this like i'd be happy to to show them so yeah it's always the stuff i love you know hearing from bands and shit you know what gear they're using or you know yeah how the process goes in terms of writing or creating things so well, why don't we talk about things that you've created? Let's talk about God's Country. And uh, this this the, the format for this, which has become a pretty popular bit. Is it a bit? No. Format for this show is that... Segment. Segment. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> My assistant producer there. Uh, mm-hmm. For this show is to kind of go through each song on the record, song by song. And when it's a band, I like having everyone chime in, which is something that... Something about the song, whether it's... Where did the song title come from? You know, what are what are the lyrics about? Like, you know, where, how did the song originate? Well, something in the recording process, just some vague disassociated memory that goes with it. Whatever, just everyone gets to chime in with something on it, and uh, we'll 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 go uh, we'll cycle around for people to start first. But Captain Ron, since in the video you're next to me, you're going to start <laughs> with uh, this one. Uh, so go ahead and uh, lay it on us with uh, Slaughterhouse. <laughs> Uh, so I remember Slaughterhouse being like the hardest uh, song to record. I think that took us the longest uh, out of all of them. It's probably our most intricate uh, song that we've written. Uh, not that it's even like that, you know, interesting. I guess to the song, but just, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of parts to it, so definitely took a while. Yeah, for us specifically, like it's not we don't have the most complicated songs. That one definitely is like 
has the the most going on for a chat pile song maybe it's a pretty yeah. it's pretty audacious of, beginner a lot of rhythm changes and stuff yeah. so not to try to pay attention to and stay focused uh stan want to go next uh, yeah, so my uh, immediate thought is it was uh, based on a bass line that comes in at the beginning, which, like, it's a very guitar-forward song, but the bass line is kind of where it started, I think, and the working title was Turnstile, because we thought that it kind of <laughs> sounded like a turnstile riff. <laughs> Fair. Um, and yeah, to second that, it's probably, it's still the hardest one to play, I think, um, deceptively so. Luther, all right. Uh, yeah, I will say we work. We, uh, a slight correction to Stin's thing. We there was one riff in there that we were calling like the turnstile riff, but oh, that's what yeah. started. We were calling that song Caius, Caius. actually, yeah. which it sounds oh, nothing like Caius, <laughs> but it had this like da 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 da, like very you no, know no, in the field. Josh Homay, I get it. Yeah, means, yeah. Like, yeah, you're totally right. It started as that, and then it somehow that riff got completely cut from the song. Because it was din it din it din it din it Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is what it was. But yeah, I remember, I think that was the last one we wrote also. Like, it wasn't the last one we recorded, because we recorded Grimace last, but we had, we'd already demoed that one before, so it wasn't like, you know, we didn't write Grimace last, but yeah, Slaughterhouse was definitely one that I think we spent probably the most time on and it yeah it, it took it just took the most work to like kind of get to where we wanted it to get but i'm happy with how it turned out and i really like uh at least as the opener to the album you know it starts with the that drum fill drum break it's just kind of the same way that we start remove your skin please with like the drum thing for beltway uh that i don't know it's it just it really made sense as like a natural opener I told this to someone the other day, but I was like, I really, really wanted a uh, drum opening on the record because of uh, Eggnog by Melvin's, like the opening track, Wispy. Yep. It's like one of the fucking greatest opening moments of a record of any, you know, and I'm not saying that we came anywhere near that, but just at least spiritually, I wanted to. That was the aesthetic. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah there's a grand tradition of it, I think. So. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Raygun. Yeah, Slaughterhouse. Um, I like that song. Fun, <laughs> fun to do. It's got. I like the. There's this one part that if we could fly away now, I, th I think of that as my Tom York moment on the album. Oh, okay. I don't know yeah. if that means anything to anyone or any whatever, but hey, I, I'm thinking about Radiohead when I when I came up with that part on the <laughs> And also uh, the song. Uh, is partially inspired by the sausages sketch, the kids in the hall sausages sketch. Oh wow! Which is one of the most deeply affecting pieces of art I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but, right so, on. Uh, yeah. Okay. No. 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 I, yeah. 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 I, okay. Cool. Cool. I did. I did not know that. that but I'm big. This one was like a. Fan. It was like an amalgamation of things. It's like I would say what you said before, Ray. That it's like, it's the least about a specific thing. That song maybe on the record, like it, you kind of are pulling from lots of different stuff for that one to kind of yeah come up with what it was yeah i'd say that i really yeah. like it though yeah i do too so let's uh let's start off reagan we'll start with you with why now first of all the rumor i know is that that's supposed to be from like the perspective of a child <laughs> is that right is that are you being serious <laughs> 
<laughs> that is a rumor. That is a rumor. No. Okay. No, no. It's from my perspective. <laughs> people that are mad about that song are the real children. <laughs> are people like like that is and this is an earnest question. Do like are people like having hot takes on that that is Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, um, we're being called uh, I won't get too into it because I don't want to. No, uh, it's the woke agenda, people. Yeah. But no, no, peop- yeah, people are, yeah. A bunch of losers of on the internet are mad about, you know, it's not, it's all Earnestness. everything. <laughs> well, well, no, anything that people have to say about us, it's all like fear based comments, you know, yeah. like I don't know what they're afraid of, but they're mad and they're afraid. And so they're on the internet talking shit about a band, and I don't know. Fuck them. Yeah, well, they, 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 don't, they, don't, they don't deserve any more airtime than they already have. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, all right. So hit me with, with, I mean, I think the lyrics on this are pretty straightforward, right? But, like, hit me with your thoughts behind it. What, what? Oh, I mean, it means what it means, you know? I mean, I every day I was going to work, just seeing more and more people living under this bridge. And then every day, every now and then you catch cops, like, clearing them out. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I mean, just like we built this new shelter in no kind of no man's land in OKC on uh, it's it's not on South Penn. It's like it's, South Villa. Yeah. Oh, Villa. Yeah. And it's tiny as fuck. You know, it's like uh, you could have built you should have built one that's about eight times the size. <laughs> right. You yeah. Know I mean? You know, totally. Yeah. Uh, and put it maybe somewhere where people wouldn't be living in. I mean, it's like, it's almost like you're in rural Oklahoma, but you're in the middle of the city. It's fucking stupid, you know? So I don't know. I just wrote that song out of anger. It's not, it's from my, I'm 37. It's from my perspective. (laughs) Luther? Yeah, I mean, uh, at least instrumentally with that one, it kind of started from an old riff I had. Uh, and then we just we called it. I think the working title for that one was Knuckle Dragger. It was like our caveman riff style. Like it, it was kind of like at least at the time when we were writing it, kind of our our uh, our heaviest musically maybe, or just like most kind of pounding or mechanical. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I I love the instrumental on it. I love the lyrics on it. It's it's definitely, you know, I like I said, I, I, uh, I expected some people to you know maybe be weird about it but it's i don't know i i think it's great and i it has some of my favorite guitar stuff uh kind of the, the when it gets to the actual uh like before the breakdown there's like kind of a bridge area uh all that stuff is some of my like favorite guitar stuff i've probably ever written it's uh, cool. I, really, yeah. I really like all that and uh yeah no i i i was not expecting people to be so weird <laughs> but it's just i don't know it's it is a very like it, it's a basic it's it is a basic question and like you know it says in the song we have the means we have the resources like it there it's very clear that it is something that could be fixed and people could you know unhoused people could be given places to live or you know yeah. everyone deserves to live somewhere like you know, I don't know. It's just, it, I don't think we needed to get super metaphorical with it. And, you know, we've had other songs in the past where uh, maybe people didn't pick up on a political yeah, message you, from it. You, and like, you can it was, get, you can outsmart yourself that way, right? Where so yeah, you make so, it too oblique. 
Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a song that's just super straightforward and is about exactly what you think it's about. And because we don't want there to be any confusion at yeah. all, you know, like that. It's it's very clear what the song why is about, you know. And uh, but yeah, that's my thoughts, I guess. Stan? Yeah, I've got a few things to think of. Like, first off, kind of jumping off of uh, uh, what Luther was saying, like, you know, with the old songs, um, they there is a lot of political stuff, but it's kind of masked. At not like irony is not the word. Like we, I don't think we are an ironic band at all. But uh, uh, it's just more like true, like the song uh, "Crawl Space," for instance. Right? People listen to that kind of stuff, and there's like a sect of our fan base that are like, "Yeah, cool, murder," <laughs> or like these guys are fucking psychos, and that rocks. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was important for us to like hit people over the head with like, no, that is not what we are. Like with there, we have something to say. We have compassion. Like these character studies of these bad people and stuff, isn't like an endorsement or some type of like nihilistic wallowing or anything. It's like, we, we, you know, there's like, we want the world to be a better place. So here is like as naked as it can be. Like here, here you go. This is like where we, this is our perspective where we're coming from. Um, and then, so that's just in terms of the message of the song. And but, uh, uh, musically, uh, I think it has the best breakdown in all of Chatpile songs. And the main riff, that's all Luther. He, he's the one who came up with that one. It's really good, man. We like it's pretty repetitive and hypnotic, but like we just we bash it in because it kicks so much ass. It's you good. Know? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with playing a good part. Like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's it. Sometimes it's just like the dude with the rug. It can really tie the whole room together. Uh, the other weird fun fact about that song is uh, it's the only song of ours that has a sample in it. And what it is is that Saturday at noon, um, the tornado sirens go off. They test them off in Oklahoma. And so yeah. the four of us in different locations throughout the city recorded the same exact siren uh, on our phones. Oh, and wow. then they synced them all together. And then uh, timed it out for the breakdown. So you're hearing like the real Oklahoma tornado siren during the breakdown of that song. That's yeah. a pretty yeah. wild that, sound. So that's a that's kind of cool. That every Saturday at noon happens here. I know they do that in other states as well, but maybe like once a month. It's like overcast or raining or something. Yeah, yeah, if there's storm chances, they won't do it. Yeah. But yeah, it's a very uh, integral part of living here. Like waking, knowing if you hear the sirens and you're still in bed, you're just like, oh man, I should probably get. Yeah, it's <laughs> to get, 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 get the day going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from the from the chat, Stevie, there are more vacant houses than homeless people in the U.S. Yeah. Which is Thank yeah. You, look 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 up the amount too, because it's an insane amount. It's not like there's only a few more houses than homeless people. It's like it, it's ridiculous the ratio actually. Stupid, yeah. Uh, Captain Ron, why? Uh, so yeah, kind of along the lines of the message of the song, I feel like. I try to, you know, play that one pretty straightforward, you know, just kind of as robotic as possible, you know, in terms of uh, just the rhythm and stuff. But, yeah, that's pretty much about it. <laughs> Another from the comments. The breakdown of why is devastating when the statement becomes a question. Have you? pierces you the way any political punk band would have hoped to achieve with very few words thank you zach very astute zach thanks for uh 
Thanks for contributing that. Uh, so next up, we have Pamela. We're going to start with you, Luther. Oh, uh, yeah. Pamela, my favorite chat pile song, I think, just overall out of all of our stuff. Really love that one. Uh, it's one of the oldest ones on the record. The next song is actually the oldest song on the record, like the one that we wrote the longest uh, or farthest back. But uh, we had played it super different way where we were like, Stin and I were kind of matching up a little more. I wasn't playing like the big dreamy chords or anything. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, somewhere just started doing that and kind of just improvised some of those chords and worked on a little bit. But I mentioned it before, uh, but kind of an inspiration for me, at least with guitars on that, uh, was actually there's a video game called Hotline Miami. Uh, and the soundtrack to that game is like super kind of like washed out and wavy, but also like that game's like hyper violent. It's just like kind of this like psychedelic hellscape, but on the beach and by the water and uh yeah, yeah, yeah. i kind of wanted to to like lean into the like kind of the icy water weirdness and then you know i don't want to say i don't know it is kind of coincidentally but then the the song is kind of a friday the 13th-esque song which kind of you know and there's the staring at the lake at all i don't know there's lots of water going on i think with the lyrics and uh sonically i think there's kind of this has that kind of vibe to it but yeah i don't know that song for some reason is probably the most like the stuff that i don't know that i like to listen to and stuff you know there's uh, some kind of new wavy aspects to some of the guitars yeah that's i mean xtc is one of my favorite bands depeche mode i mean uh cock two twins is one that i know still will probably mention for this song but uh uh yeah it's uh i don't know i, I really like how this one came together especially the way it builds up and the end I feel like is just really awesome. And it's really fun to play, like just from a performance standpoint, uh, it's one that, you know, when, even when we're practicing and we finished, I'm like, damn, I really like that song. That's a fun one to play. So that's, uh, yeah, that's about it. Captain Ron. Uh, yeah. So, um, this one I tried to channel my, my inner, inner Neil Peart, um, <laughs> I, I use Tom Sawyer in, uh, in particular as uh, as an influence. I'm glad it. you said it because I was gonna say it. I'm like, don't say it. You're gonna sound. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much shut the whole thing. That's pretty. That's kind of what I'm going for. So that's yeah. That's kind of uh, where I'm at on that one. The rush vibe a little bit. It's really fun to play, and yeah, I, I do love the vibe of it. I mean, it's. Probably one of my favorite uh, bars that we have. So. Uh, Reagan. I would say it is also maybe my favorite song that we do. I just think it's, I love, it's atmospheric and I love the bass line in it and shit. It's just like, it fucking, it slaps. Uh, <laughs> it is the aquatic nature awesome. of the sound and everything. It led me to, like, I'm afraid. Fanatic, and I had I had a goal for this album because this tomorrow is promised to no one. You know what I mean? So I wanted to do a song about like why. I wanted to do a song about how much I hate fucking guns, and that's coming. And then I wanted to advance my theory or a way that you could make a good Friday Thirteenth prequel. I wanted to advance my theory on how Jason could come back to life. Because, you know, Tom Savini didn't do the effects on part two because he couldn't fathom 
he couldn't wrap his head around Jason being alive. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean... I'm a big I'm a big Tony Morrison fan, so I just took the way that Beloved is resurrected, and I grafted it on to Friday the Thirteenth. And Friday the Thirteenth Part One is my favorite one. Pamela Vuri's all the way. Uh, <laughs> and also, I kind of th- uh, one more thing. I kind of think of this as like our running scared. You know that Roy Orbison song? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all very, it's very even running until the very scared. end with me. Yeah. You know, and so that that's kind of what I was trying to do with this song. Anyway. Nice. <laughs> I, and I feel like I'm going to have to, I'm going to mention Ian Miller's name from Calhoun Multimedia a second time because his dad wrote the first Friday the 13th, which I'm like, oh my I know. God. Like, I got to talk to that guy. Like, like yeah. I, I, it's... <laughs> As if he didn't have his own incredible storied musical career. And That's like, I awesome did not know that. Actually, was, no, you're, very cool. Your dad wrote Friday the Thirteenth. That fucking kicks <laughs> That's ass, dude. Yeah, that, <laughs> that ass. I would le- I would have led with that my entire yeah. life. But anyway. Yeah, I'm not as big of a fan as Ray because I know it, like, but I mean, I also love Friday the Thirteenth, so I was very happy to uh have something related to that i don't know it's uh horror movies in general i feel like kind of play into the aesthetic of our our stuff or like uh you know just movies are obviously they keep getting brought up it's something that we like to talk about a lot so i feel like having something that was more like cinematically focused made sense to be on a chat pile record well and if if, if that song fits fits nicely too uh in the sequencing for that yeah I think I, I really like the, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but just the sequencing in general for the album, I, I'm really happy with how we structured everything, and I think it, it makes sense. And, uh, yeah, coming in between Y and uh, and Wicked Puppet, I think it kind of it makes sense there. But, yeah. Stan? Yeah, uh, I think the guys covered a lot of stuff that I would say, but kind of going back to the Cocktoo Twins point, which, you know, Luther knew I would talk about. (laughs) So what I hear in in that song, and I'm I'm like a huge fan, like to the point where I would say um, Godflesh is obviously like an influence in terms of the like the kind of drum sound that we have synthesized into the band, but also like treasure head over heels like cocktoo twins like that drum machine sound is so fucking brutal and dark like like when i'm mixing and stuff that's definitely what i i'm chant trying to channel that stuff anyway so hearing it in like it like having a song to me that actually channels like the whole package of that band um you know we wear our, our uh influences on our sleeves you know we have no <laughs> qualms about name checking bands that we like you know um uh, but uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of something that comes to mind for me on that. And then yeah, it's also probably one of the earliest ideas that uh, from from the album. Like, I, in fact, I, I feel like the main bass riff was maybe around even like when we did "Remove Your Skin." Probably, yeah, it was. was. It's been around for a while. So yeah, that was, that's my thoughts on it. Oh, unlike the guys, it's not my favorite, but I do like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's if. It, it, for me to editorialize a little bit, which I do here, uh, it, it it's something that you guys do well too, where there is that kind of that specific kind of dreamy hookiness that comes in, even though it's very heavy at the same time. And that's something that, yeah, n- not as many bands do that as I'd like. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll we'll get to it, but um, the corn influence is majorly a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smash pumpkins, I think. Too. Yeah, especially yeah, pumpkins. pumpkins. 
we'll just sum it up as like 90s alternative rock or there whatever. You there you go. It's all the like same. What a lot of people like don't realize about our band is like all, we grew up in Oklahoma in the 90s. Like, yeah. like top 40 alt, alt rock radio was like our only lifeline. So it's kind of like in my exactly. DNA to just write music like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we definitely try to like structure our songs kind of even if we're doing, uh, you know, riffs that might be you know more sludge metal or extreme metal uh type stuff like kind of putting it in that kind of alt-rock structure i think is something that we definitely i mean has been on every release of ours so far because that's the type of stuff we listen to yep. so. uh stin why don't you start off this one so wicked puppet dance is the next one yeah, so this is the actual oldest um, seed of an idea for the album. So we were like trying to make this work for Remove Your Skin, and we couldn't quite figure it out. We're, I'm, I always reveal the working titles. The working title for this one was Zeni Giva. Because <laughs> awesome band. <laughs> Loves Zeni Giva. Yeah. One of the few times KK Null was like, no. Like when I asked him <laughs> to be on this show. like, And I was like, all right, fair. <laughs> Yeah, Freedom Bondage is a fucking awesome record. Like that's very, very big one for me. But yeah, continue. Talk about like uh, like something that's like in my DNA. Like the like the song Dead Sun Rising by Zeni Giva. There's something that song, man. It it just it haunts me that how genius and brilliant it is. And in a weird way, I would almost say it's a like kind of an influence on like the way we do arrangements in chat pile, maybe subtly, I don't know. But anyway, when we, the, the, the kind of like flow of the original conception of the song kind of sounded like that track. Okay. And, and so we called it Zenigiva forever and it sounded very different than it does now. And then uh, we, I don't know how we unlocked it, but it just, it, honestly, it's the most simple song on the album. It has two riffs in it and then the tempo changes on one of them. That's it. So, yeah. um, honestly, it might be my low-key favorite song on the album. Mm, interesting, interesting. Uh, Reagan, you want to hit it next? Yeah, I think, yeah, like Austin, or Stan, excuse me. <laughs> Stan's, we'll get our top editors on that, yeah. <laughs> um, it is the easiest, I think it's the first song I did vocals for on the album. Yeah, because it, it is some of the music, like the fellow said, like, and I don't not listen to metal or have no idea what metals are, you know what I mean? But I don't listen to it all the time like they do, you know what I mean? So sometimes I hear these songs if I'm not figuring out my vocals while they're playing and they're just handed to me, as is the case for a lot of God's Country. Uh, I sometimes I had to ask Stan where he believed the verse began you know and so i could kind of some frame of reference yeah 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 (laughs) but this one i didn't have too big of an issue with and that whisper part that was like the first take i think because we tried to do it again and we could never get it as good as that so that's like that's just like kind of the (laughs) the first time i did that in the studio and it just kind of fit and worked but yeah that's all right. I like that song too. It's good. That's the only one that has like the boo, like that kind of stuff at the end. Uh, there's a little Cookie Monster in there, yeah. But it's not oh, you can hear my dog at the end too. That little sample. That's right. That's my dog's leash or whatever. Yeah. Just jangle, jangling. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Captain Ron. 
so yeah, this one is, I feel like, uh, kind of our, more of our prehistoric Queens of the Stone Age kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, it, to me, it reminds me of like something off of um, Rated R, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Like, uh, uh, is it No One Knows, I think. It has a little drum solo in, in it. But that's, I feel the inspiration for that, that little part, anyway. For that. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to be novellas, my guy. Uh, Luther. Yeah. Uh, like Stin said, yeah, we, when we started it, it was a little more. Uh, I wasn't doing like as spacey or noisy of a of a thing, but then yeah, as time went on, it kind of just turned into that. And it's uh, it is like weirdly our most simple song in that it's only two parts, but also it is in five four and it switches in the chorus to six, I think. So it's just like or to four. So it's just uh, I don't know. It's still like it's simple but because of that it actually turns out to i don't want to say to be one of the hardest to play but it's just like there's no place to really fuck up during it that's not noticeable so like yeah if you fuck that one up it's dude it, like yeah it's like it's, dominoes falling you know yeah um but yeah that was one that definitely when i it was the first one we recorded and when i heard uh ray's vocal takes and like that middle <clears> part <throat> where he does like the whisper of a wicked puppet i was just like man fuck yeah this this rocks uh it weirdly so, so, i mean of an album full of dark lyrics some of the darkest lyrics yeah. probably on the whole record on there you some know. of the most personal to real life oh yeah lyrics it's probably my favorite uh song lyrically for sure same do that tried to fuck me called me a liar so i shot him in the head uh, set the house on fire that is my favorite lyric in the entire album for me yeah oh sorry not to cut you off luther but we're forgetting a major fun fact about this song i served under major fun fact okay but <laughs> <laughs> we were in the service together it's yeah. in drop the... oh yeah it's in drop g that's right it's our only drop song g. it's it's because on the EPs and stuff, there's like a mix of drop A stuff and just like standard uh -huh. baritone tuning. Uh, and yeah, that is the one that we we go all the way to drop G, baby, uh, <laughs> for one song. My tuner can't really pick it up, so I have to do it by ear. Uh, <laughs> you have to find an organ and like literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, drop G. What? So, all right, what gauge strings do you play? I know this isn't like, you know, Guitar Player Magazine, but like. Uh, before I was playing 14s, uh, when I was 14, playing the PV. 14s! Yeah. Uh, so, so the, the Ernie Jesus Ball baritone. Jesus fucking Christ, tune. my dude. Yeah. So on the, on the PV, I mean, on the on a normal scale guitar, like to play that low. I mean, you can you can get away with, with uh, smaller strings, but I just didn't like how floppy it was. It would be like and so floppy you could barely. Yeah. Like, oh, so I had yeah. to do 14s, which is like playing a cheese grater for sure. Like it really. And again, the T60, I, it's, a, it's a great guitar. I love how it yeah. sounds. I just, it also is just so heavy. It's like the thing's like 15 pounds and then it has these 14 gauge strings on it. So I'm just like strapping this fucking weapon on me every time we play. Uh, but I'm playing with a baritone guitar now. I bought a baritone. And uh, so since that has a two inch longer neck, I'm, I'm actually yeah, yeah. playing with 12s on it now. I'm just playing some uh, oh, yeah. Ernie Mammoth. Hey, practically Billy Gibbons over there. Yeah. It's, it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is funny because it's like, I've just been like, 
you know, wearing this like training armor this whole time. And now it's like I've moved down to 12s, which are still pretty thick, I would yeah. say to most people. And I'm just like, whoa, these are like fucking playing nothing at all. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I moved from 12s to 11s just because at the yeah. time it was impossible to find them in music stores that weren't major cities. Because people are like, what yeah. do you play jazz? No, I do not play jazz. <laughs> Thank you. We say, yeah. how much without the commentary? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, now, I mean, not trying to do a Ernie Ball plug, but yeah, I just get their, the mammoth ones. Those those work pretty well. Uh, those are, yeah, those are 12s. But, hey, uh, Ernie yeah. Ball wants to send us strings, dude. Fuck, I'm mean, playing a music man it. guitar, too. Ernie Ball, if you're out there. Ernie Ball, uh, hit him up. I'm playing with one on stage, and we, we use the strings. So. It'd be Ernie Baller uh, over there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I do love this one. I think Wicked Puppet is super fun uh, to play, even though it is very dark. Uh, but yeah, it's it's also probably the highest energy song, maybe, of our whole catalog. I mean, I'm, not maybe, it is. I think it's our fastest song, at least. Uh, we have never played it live. Mm. Yeah, we still haven't played it live. Uh, mainly because we haven't, uh, with life stuff going on, we just haven't really had a chance to practice it all at once. And I just... We need to practice it all together before playing that one live, I'd say. Yeah. And we also have an actual Wicked Puppet. Yeah. Yeah, someone made the Wicked Puppet for us, which really? is... Really? Wow. Yeah, it's in the uh, the video for it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Spirit Ditch Toy Company made the Wicked Puppet. That's yes. in the video and stuff, yeah. Yeah, they also made nice. some uh, little one-off toys for us back in the day as well. Or back in the day, you know, a few years ago. Uh, you know, back in the day, yeah. Back in the day, yeah. <laughs> in the before times. Uh, so I think that was. It's, it seems like it was 30 years ago, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not three years ago. Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, and that, that's not the, no, the next one's the end of side A. So yeah, I, I thought that was the end of side A for them. Uh, yeah, anywhere. So Ron, why don't you kick this one off? Uh, so yeah, working title of that one still stands thunder. Uh, <laughs> you too, out of. Out of all things, really, but uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's kind of. I mean, I feel like it's kind of more of like our, you know, Sonic Youth kind of kind of jam. You know, uh, definitely more of that alternative rock kind of thing, and and we actually have like a true jam at the end of it. So it's pretty fun to play. I like it. Ray? Yeah, I like that song too. That's more of a. There's a couple songs we have where I could kind of chill, and that's one of them. I like I like it a lot. Um, I think lyrically, that's one of my better songs, possibly, or maybe I'm more proud of on the record. Uh, uh, and yeah, I, I hate guns. I think people that have them are cowards. <laughs> you know? So that's what that song's about. You're just going to ruin somebody's life, your own and everyone else's. You're a fucking coward if you have a gun. <laughs> anyway. It's a pretty ambiguous statement, but I. I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Stin, why don't you go next? Yeah, uh, so as Ron mentioned, the working title was called U2 because um, I wanted to have, deliberately wanted to have a poppy uh, 
traditional kind of alt rocky type song on the album. So that was what I was calling the demo to Raygun's uh, uh, <laughs> annoyance because it doesn't sound like U2 at all. But the idea was, you know, we have all these like ass beating riffs and stuff. I did want to kind of venture into, uh, you know, more like. Of love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, a little bit, you know. Uh, nothing like too like absurdly like noticeably sell out or I mean that's not like but wasn't the uh, idea behind it. <laughs> Thank you, Tricia. <laughs> um, uh, but but uh, yeah, I mean, again, like Sonic Youth, I think was definitely more like the actual template um, for what we were going or going for with that. The other thing with this song too is. Um, originally we didn't have the big lead part in it and that came kind of later and so we there's there's technically two guitar parts in there so we have to fudge it a little bit live like we just go with the lead part instead of having like the real heavy chunky rhythm part that's in it yeah um but yeah that, that's that's basically it it's uh honestly it's one of my more favorite songs on the album well, that's different difference between uh, recorded and uh, playing live too, right? It doesn't have to be exa- exactly the same. Yeah, uh, Luther. Yeah, uh, this one I I really like it. It uh, it was the one that there's always like one song in anything that we do, and I'm sure, you know, uh, the others can attest it. I I'm like probably the uh, the pickiest about everything that we do like i always have like some like something is wrong or like i don't think this is good or something like that so uh for some for some reason that was the song where it's like man i just don't know if anyone's gonna like this one or anything like that which turned out to be uh wrong because for other than people talking about why a lot i feel like a lot of people have really liked anywhere specifically it has yeah. been kind of a standout for people uh i think the chorus of it it has the most like spots for people to know the lyrics and like actually say them along like i'm excited to play in october or in, or in september uh these shows after people like kind of know this stuff more because uh, i feel like that's one that you know we could get some crowd participation and and you know we love shit like that so uh, but yeah it was it was definitely one that i at the time it's not like i thought it was bad or anything it's just that I just didn't know. I was like, oh, is this going to be like too melodic or like too far, you know, different? But uh, I mean, it still sounds like a Chat Pile song at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, it, I. Yeah, it doesn't actually sound like you two. Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and it never did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, I saw really... Ray with those big bug glasses and he was trying to. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm a huge U2 fan. Don't, yeah. get, don't get us wrong. Don't get it twisted. But yeah, that's that's why take it offense because it did not we're besperching the name (laughs) Uh, but yeah i really like that the like the kind of the middle part of the song with that kind of like where it kind of drops out and gets super dreamy and then uh as ron said yeah the only song that we really do that has an extended instrumental kind of jam like the end of it uh which i really like i really like how that the end of that song turned out it's uh i think it's it's pretty again it's fun to play live so I weirdly enough have heard more than one person like you know because we get new metal like comparisons all the time and stuff which is totally fine but for some reason they pick that song out I'm like what are you are you smoking yeah I don't they're like <laughs> way like they're the two there are two songs on this album that definitely deliberately have like new metal-y parts in it and it's not that song you know? <laughs> yeah so. maybe we just can't escape it it's in our DNA we just yeah, maybe, simply 
the I, I'm just serious. Like, what part of that song has any new metal-y kind of thing? <laughs> I don't get it, you know? Well, when there's super low tunings, there's a certain yeah. contingent of people that are always going to say that. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Now, if you had a harmony of vocals, then it would say Alice in Chains. But <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's in there somewhere. The the inspiration yeah. for that, you know. So next up, we got Tropical Beaches Inc. Ray, why don't you start this off? This song is about Don Lapree. You remember that guy? He's he's on the beach late <laughs> late at night. You'd be watching TV. Infomercial would pop up, and this guy on the beach is like. You want to know how I made my fortune? Oh, that guy. By putting tiny classified at, you know, like, yeah. whatever. And uh, I just wanted to write a song about that guy because, I don't know. Then I read, I was like, what happened to that guy? I looked up on his Wikipedia. And I was like, oh, he killed himself. Oof. And it just was, it just it's kind of stuck in my head a little bit. I don't know. It just seemed kind of like a, a, a version of the American dream that was worthy of a song. <laughs> Maybe I don't. I don't know. Anyway, that's why. That's what that song's about. I like it. That song is fun to play. <laughs> no way metal. No, no metal is greater than new metal. <laughs> that's good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Luther, how about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about new metal? I mean, this is. Be I, I don't date. to be clear, but yeah. <laughs> well, too bad. Yeah, you don't strap in. You got chat pile on the show. Uh, I got a Deftones tattoo on my leg. My, <laughs> my, 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 my favorite comment when I posted up last week announcing the show was, uh, uh, "What percentage of the show is taken up by them talking about new metal?" I was like, "Well, it hasn't happened yet, so anywhere between zero to a hundred percent," which yeah. I thought was pretty yep. good. That was extemporaneous. Uh, we're yeah. stepping into it now. Okay. Yeah, I take off just... my hat and I have Wayne Static hair. <laughs> 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 yeah, you look like Paul from Tekken. It's just like this tall. Wow. Uh, That's a deep uh, cut. All right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one definitely has, you know, some of the, the, the most obvious kind of corn influence, I would say. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I love this one. Probably my second favorite song on the record, Behind Pamela. Uh, really fun to play live. It's definitely one that uh, even when we were kind of playing some of these new songs early, uh, people, you know, responded to. It. I mean, it's pretty. It has a lot of energy and momentum to it, and you know, the the get the fuck up at the end and stuff, like all that. Just kind of, I feel like it's a good song for the crowd. And uh, yeah, I, I I really like playing. It. I love the uh, the kind of spacey break. We don't do a second verse on that song, so it's like verse, chorus, and then this weird kind of you know spacey bridge as a second verse going in the chorus. So. Uh, really only one verse in that song kind of uh, but yeah it's, it's just a really fun one to play it kind of started with that that first riff that starts the song and this is the beginning of side B so you know you turn it over hear, hear that the, 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 the song was the working title was called The Circle actually which was wasn't based on a, a band name like most of our stuff working titles are usually just like you know a band that it kind of reminds us of but it's just because that riff is that triplet riff it's kind of a circular kind of very, riff very circular yeah. riff and then playing that over what uh ron and Stin are doing that was just kind of the working title for it and that's that starting riff is kind of like the you know the, the initial kernel of it as well but yeah i love that one really fun to play and uh 
about a, a topic that I don't think anyone else is going to write a song about Don LaPree and I, Tropical yeah. Beaches Incorporated and new strategies and all that stuff. Uh, Did not uh, have that on my bingo card. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I think it fits though for sure because I mean, part of, you know, we've kind of talked about, you know, growing up in Oklahoma, you know, a lot of what everyone does, you know, listen to radio, watch TV, you know, there's not much, to, <laughs> there wasn't much to do. So, you know, anything that's about like, you know, this is very nostalgic for me. It's something that just reminds me of growing up, you know, watching shitty infomercials on at one yeah. in the morning on TV, you know. I feel that. Ron? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I have a whole lot to add, but it is, it's, it's a lot of fun to play. Um, <laughs> I mean, other than that, I don't really know. But <laughs> <laughs> everyone else kind of covered it. Yeah. <laughs> Stan? Um, well, I'm gonna double down with everyone and say it's easily the most fun song to play. And for me, it's because I get to live out my David Sims fantasies and then my Fieldy fantasies all in one song. So like, and I do, I do feel like it's the perfect melding of that. And then that riff at the end is just such a like dumb ass beater, like mosh riff. I mean, like to me, like it's funny when uh, kind of the kernel of this band started with me and Luther, like we talked about mosh riffs constantly and there's kind of more of that stuff in the EPs, but um, I love the moshy stuff in this song so much. I kind of want new material to uh, follow suit. Be like that <laughs> last part. The, the mosh riff EP. Yes. You can just yeah. have like, all mosh riffs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least more than what this album has not that you know there's anything wrong with this album but i just kept that's just where my heart is right now you know yeah his heart's with the mosh folks it's it okay. is more among the living yes <laughs> yes yeah get caught in a mosh <laughs> <laughs> mosh fire uh sin once you start us off here the mask as opposed to mask which is on one of the eps uh the mask is actually um something that luther brought like most most of that track almost all of it is his riffs and uh kind of, it was i would say it was the most fully formed song yeah i had I, the table yeah when we, yeah when we did it and um i think the, the the things that developed the most like kind of in the jamming process with it are like the sort of blast beat parts and the sort of haunted house guitar lines that are like on that part yeah the echoey kind of yeah 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 um, so that kind of came out more in the jam, but the basic structure of it really, Luther brought that one to the table. And uh, I can only, I, I, Ray can tell, can elaborate more, but I think the joke was that we were deliberately trying to confuse people about song titles and that there may be more future songs with the word mask in them coming. <laughs> Keep them guessing. It's like, it's like a, uh, when you put a, a camouflage, uh, a blind, you the mask is your camouflage blind. So yeah. you keep your creative intentions <laughs> opaque. It's also a great movie, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. With the, uh, yeah, modern, Eric Stoltz, our modern classic, right? Yeah. Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Classic Eric <laughs> yeah. Stoltz movie. The irony too of that is like I'm the world's worst at knowing like song titles for bands that I love. So here we are making it even harder for people <laughs> than it is. Like, I mean, there are bands I've been listening to my whole life. I could not tell you the track listing on the album, you know, like I because I just don't know the names of shit. But yeah, 
<laughs> oh god oh yeah that's probably hey, yeah you're right i blame jim carrey's the mask yeah. rushing in the 90s swing revival says stevie yep that's a good go. part of it that's yeah that's pretty wrong. astute that's before swingers right i think yeah yeah so yeah yeah, Jim Carrey, Jacques. <laughs> uh, Ron, you want to go next? Um, yeah, once again, I don't know that I really have too much to say about this one. Uh, um, I mean, our our good friend uh, James Cooper uh, wrote a, a novel based off of uh, an event that took place here in Oklahoma, like in the 70s. Uh, and that's kind of what it's, you know, kind of what it's based around that, that particular event. But um, other than that, I guess, that's it for me. <laughs> Luther? Uh, yeah. Uh, this one, yeah, I kind of just demo, like, I we don't typically bring a ton of prepared stuff like sometimes you know um sten or myself will come up with a riff or maybe like demo something a little bit but not get too in the weeds with that like we don't ever really bring fully formed songs but that was one that just uh during what like the peak pandemic like full lockdown of summer 2020 i just i was like recording some covers and stuff at my house like i don't have a good recording setup at home i'm like literally the the Yeti mic that I'm speaking into right now is what I used, but uh, just like, yeah, demoed the basically the two main riffs for that, the the verse and the chorus kind of thing, and uh, just kind of presented it as something that could be a chat pile song. And uh, yeah, that was one that was, again, I was kind of like maybe the least, uh, I don't want to say like, because I like the song, but I just, uh, I don't know, I wasn't as confident in it, I guess, but I really it's been another one of those things kind of like with anywhere where I've seen a lot of people like they really like that one. So it's just, I think my instincts are just always wrong (laughs) uh, on what people are going to like and dislike. Uh, But I, I, I do think, you know, the kind of spacey blast beat part is what kind of makes that song. Cause it does have like, that might be our most traditional noise rock song on the record of like kind of that amrap style yeah, stuff totally. with the first couple riffs on it uh but i think once we get into like the blasty spacey stuff uh it this like i don't know it becomes a little bit more uh unique and more of a, a chat poly thing because i don't know i like to toss in all the all the spacey riffs that's you know uh, between bands like failure and cave in and stuff like that like that those bands are big for me so uh or even stuff like uh Kralis or gore guts or artificial brain like kind of the uh the spacier techie death metal stuff that's been going on lately uh definitely kind of influenced that one a little bit but it's a fun one it's definitely one of the most like again lyrically pretty pretty rough song you know uh it's it's good i i I don't know i like it well speaking of lyrics ray lay it on us (laughs) yeah i mean that that one I don't know. It is what it is. I don't know if we're going to be playing it live too much. It's nothing on the boys. Because I think the... That's like one of my favorite musical moments on the album. I'm... I don't know. That's just kind of a dark... I don't know. It's it's a good song, though. I, I like it. Uh, I agree with 
Luther where I was a little less confident about it until the thing came out and I was like, oh, at least people like it, I guess. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, it's a good. Oh, but the title, I just that's another thing I wanted to do on this album. I, I mentioned I wanted to have some topics I wanted to talk about, but I also wanted to include some just fun, annoying jokes, you know, just, you know, just have some fun on it. And so, yeah, we we're definitely going to be having maybe inspired by a, a movie series that I don't like at all. The purge. There may, there may be a, a first mask coming down the pipe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? And then, yeah, the next one will have to be the original mask just yeah, so it's yeah. fully impossible. No, oh, I to mean, talk about. it'll be called, no, I mean the original mask. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can also have masks. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Masks. That rolls off the tongue so easily. <laughs> that's that's doubly annoying, yeah. <laughs> and then we did like an unplugged album called Unmasked, where it's just all the masks oh, wow. that we've done yeah. over the years. Hell I will say, yeah. I forgot to mention that if you go on Spotify, <laughs> and you know how, like, or I don't know if the other streaming services do that, but, you know, you can see, like, for certain songs, they'll have, like, the lyrics up. And I guess the lyrics are correct for a lot of our stuff, but the the lyrics for the mask on god's country on spotify right now are the lyrics to mask off of remove your skin please it is not the correct lyrics if you are on spotify listening so, to so if the mission was to be confusing <laughs> yeah you, i mean you basically have a cloaking device for uh-huh. for your band at this point like with that kind of stuff it's like it's like disinformation campaigns going <laughs> fair fair uh I don't care if I burn. Ray, why don't you start us off with that one? That's kind of low key. Yeah, that song uh, is an outtake from an album I made under the name Randy Rules called Playtime. I just couldn't work out to be on the on the record, and so I drastically rearranged it. I when uh, we were making the album, questions of anyone got a demo, show it to you or whatever, and so I submitted that, and then we just ended up doing it. Well, on our, um, we did a score to a movie right before this where we did some more like kind of noise, freeform noise songs. And this is kind of like a, a little taste of that, I guess, you know. So I had a lot of fun doing the arrangement on this. It's just like, uh, I know I was, I had like crushed beer can. I was like rubbing on the floor. And like somebody had like some tape and shit. It was a lot of fun. I'll let everyone else talk about what they're doing on it. Ron, you want to start off? Uh, yeah, so I think I wasn't on tape for that one. <laughs> uh, Played the tape. Yeah, like, like Ray said, uh, we, we did a score for a movie, Tin Killer, uh, that had a lot of kind of more, you know, atmospheric noise kind of stuff uh, along those lines. Um, yeah, that... This is one that uh, that Ray pretty much brought to the to the table, fully kind of uh, imagined, and then we just kind of did our thing on top of it. So, Stan, yeah. So, um, like like Ray said, there was a demo for this one, and there was even some like talk about just putting his version of it straight on the album because like that version of it's spooky and scary and all the things that are good about the one that's on the album as well. But we just decided to uh, do it again, kind of whole cloth. But um, the funny thing is, is it was like one take. Like Ray 
sat down. I think he was on a drum throne, maybe. Um, and I think you hear him stomping along. He So it's just one or two mics in a room. And then we did a take of Ron and uh, Ray doing just kind of the tape and the crazy sound. And that's, that's it. That's all there is to it. So that one just came along super smooth and easy. Not a lot of fuss on it. Luther? Yeah, uh, I don't have much more to add other than just that I, I like it in terms of sequencing as like, it, to me, listening to the album, I think it works well as like a little breather, even though it's like, you know, scary and kind of horrifying to listen to. But it's just like it also re- I feel like really thematically goes with the next song with the with the closer. And it's I kind of view them as like one kind of thing, almost at least, you know, uh, in my mind, at least when we were arranging it. But uh yeah, I actually, I don't think I was there for when you guys did most of the noise stuff. So I think this might be the one song that there's like, I I, I am not on it, I don't think. I mean, I might have been there, but I, I don't I really... Remember. I feel like you were. I feel but like you were. Yeah. I feel like I was, but then I'm like, is that when we were doing the soundtrack? No. Like, I feel no. like... This is definitely towards the end of like... The I remember song. like pushing a drill and stuff, and that's not on it. That's like on that's the soundtrack. soundtrack. So. That shit rocks. I can't wait for people to hear that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I played a drill on a song. <laughs> like Jackal with a Y? <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah dude fuck like a beast <laughs> uh yeah. sorry to step back a little bit uh we did definitely uh you did a great job <laughs> yeah. <Ron>. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah like like we like was said we uh recorded uh like a full movie score like i mean literally to the day up to where we started working on the album so that stuff was like very much in embedded in our brain when we were making the album and that this is the track where that comes out the most for sure yeah it also is just kind of it's kind of like a lullaby almost yeah, like yeah. it's uh i don't know i, it, I really it definitely lulls you into something that's for sure but. <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i think it's a it's a cool one and it's a nice little breather in between because especially like the begin like the whole second half of this record in general i think i mean ray and i've talked about this privately but it's just, it's it feels darker than the first half. Yeah, uh, definitely. And especially after like beaches and then into uh, uh, the mask, it's just like I'm having that little yeah fun pop, times like, over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like now we're getting to yeah to grimace, which is like one of my favorite songs of ours, but is definitely like you know some of the the most challenging stuff we've done probably. Well, so why don't you why don't you take us out? But yeah, uh, that Gr- was grimace. Uh, so grimace underscore smoking underscore weed dot jpeg is the yeah, name of the song. that's right. Which uh, yeah, that started as that was our bio on Bandcamp before anyone you know. And when we first started the band, uh, this joke I think Ray thought of just there's like a hand drawn grimace smoking weed somewhere. I don't know if it's in the studio room or if it's in in your. I think it might be in the room you're in right yeah. now. Houston. Oh, this could, uh, this would be. I'll get ready for the solo. Your blurry later. background might uh, not let anyone see. Oh, you can okay, see it a little on. bit, but yeah, that's that's oh, the on, grimace. Hold on, smoking. hold on. This is where production comes in. All right. So this this is the actual grimace <laughs> oh, smoking yeah. weed. All right. That, yeah. <laughs> that is everything I hoped it could possibly be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was just like I don't know. It was just kind of like just a dumb joke that uh, 
you know. Oh yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you should definitely highlight these uh, comments that just showed up. No, by the way, no, real, no, real, no, real no, amazing. No, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. But at least uh, instrumentally with this one, I remember. Uh, there's Fucking a black YouTube. metal band. Yeah, there's a black metal band called uh, Ved One's End. Uh, that is, they have an album called Written. And, I'm also, also probably not pronouncing that right. Uh, they have an album called Written in Waters, which is like an awesome avant-garde black metal album, one of my favorites. Uh, but I remember I like wrote the riff initially. That was like I was trying to do kind of my take on that black metal band. Uh, and then I like had a filler riff that was kind of like the da 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 da, and I was like, oh, I'll just put that at the end. And I remember like showing the stuff to Sten, and like him being more like, I actually kind of like that like heavy riff because we don't need like the the Ved One's End thing that I brought. Like that's not on the song at all, like in any way. Uh, so that's just kind of another case of where like you kind of come with an idea that you think might be the the main part of the song, and then it just doesn't even like show up in the song at all uh but yeah that one was definitely the hardest <laughs> grimace smokes the porn bot that that's that's honestly that comment is just for us on this show but i yeah it. yeah absolutely uh the last i'll say on it just because i'll leave because there's there's a lot to talk about with this one but uh uh it was definitely for me as the only one that does like instrumental overdubs like so because the we haven't really talked about it too much, but the way that we record, we self-record and we track live. So, you know, we play drums, guitar and bass all at the same time. Uh, and then we play it like 1000 times to try and find the take we like. Uh, we don't really do punch ins on that stuff at all. Uh, so usually most of the song, I mean, most of what anyone's hearing on the record, at least like the, the bass instrumentals are like, you know, single take stuff. Uh, and then I will do, you know, a second guitar, you know, a second channel guitar over it, or you know, a few different ones to kind of beef it up. And then and Ray will do vocals over it. That was like definitely the most challenging thing for me to record was like the second guitar channel for the end of the song. With like, we don't play to a metronome, so the yeah, tempos. It's really you know, easy to kind of lose the feel if you're not careful. Yeah. Uh, so I literally did it. I mean, I'm sure you know Ron and Sonor remember like I had like. I was staring like so close at the computer to like look at the waveform so I could like see and it was like oh, wow. super zoomed in and like having to like you know time it just right because there was just like no cues on that kind of like drum uh, drum part and that's like four minutes of that too like that's like the majority of the song is that <laughs> outro so like uh, it's uh, I love it it's a great song but that definitely was like wow uh, when we've been playing it we have not been playing that end part we cut it off kind of before we get to the super long drone just because it would just be a nightmare trying to play that live honestly well, it wouldn't be like, fun for anybody to watch either no four <laughs> minutes like of that dirge and ray like, like having a super minutes. bad time yeah, yeah it right. is like yeah it'd be so like actual songs like hanks three and minutes. castaway <laughs> yeah. yeah it would just be a rough experience you'd be talking to involved. uh wilson at the end of it right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we found a way to we've been doing if, if anyone's seen us live lately if we play grimace like yeah we've been doing a, a little thing to transition into some a different song but uh that i think actually works pretty well uh but yeah it was a, it was a fun one and it was just a you know the subject matter versus the song title 
I think it's just a it's a know, wild it's, dichotomy. Yeah, it is. And I think it is very <laughs> us in general. You know, like it. It. Uh, I think it fits. And you know, seeing articles that, like that, there's that stereogum thing where like people were voted for like songs of the summer and stuff and it was like <laughs> beyonce and kate bush and then it said like grimace underscore smoking <laughs> underscore weed dot jpeg chat pile wow it's just like that it's a what a time to be we, alive we, we made adults write that into like <laughs> people got paid to like talk about that like it's like i don't know you know, it's just, it's very uh, funny to me, but I, I do love that song. I, I see why people talk about it and stuff. It's uh, I think it turned out really good. Ron, is that a fun one to play? Yeah, for sure. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's I mean, it's definitely one of my favorites of ours. Just I think it kind of encompasses probably just about everything that we kind of bring to the table for the most part, you know, like, I mean, the name obviously has like humor and stuff in it. And then lyrical content, of course, is as heavy as about any of the songs can get. And then musically, you know, once again, just kind of, you know, pretty heavy, straightforward, but like mechanical sounding, I don't know. It's, I don't know, it's a really cool song. I like it. It's definitely, a, I, I think it's got to be the ender, right? I mean, you couldn't possibly oh, yeah. do anything yeah. else after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, that Could you imagine if it was like right in the middle, though? Take a bow <laughs> or apologize or both at the same time. I don't know, like one or the other, right? Yeah, there that would be leading more to our Melvin's uh, side yeah. if we were to put it right in the middle of the album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what the ending reminds me of for sure. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely like when we wrote it, there was there was no there was not any discussion of hey, where should this go sequencing wise? Like it was just very clearly the last song on the that's album. That's the last song, yeah. <laughs> kind of the same with Slaughterhouses. With the drum intro it just felt like kind of clearly the first song. Like um but yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's a we're done here moment yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's like no we're done here. <laughs> we're done now uh ray yeah i like that song too that ending part Stan, did we do that we only did that once right i believe actually we did two i made you do a second take and um there's kind of a blend of okay of all the right. best stuff. yeah all right all right i couldn't remember exactly how that went down we call that, that stew was... madge aka studio magic <laughs> oh yeah but and the, uh, the he did i mean to race credit he ran through that emotional breakdown craziness all the way through and then we hit stop and then i'm like all right you ready to do that yeah, again do it again <laughs> <laughs> not so really yeah, go, go, yeah. go rest your heart from your chest and pull it out again <laughs> in advance and i mean there's no shame in splicing, you know? I mean, anyone that's too precious about that, you forget, clearly. I forgot if it was two takes, one. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, yeah. That song is good, though. I like the ending. We'll probably never do that live, thank God. Uh, <laughs> but the, the meat, the beginning of the song, where it's a little more traditional, it's good. It is one of the darker songs that we have, for sure. Uh you know, but uh, you got to go 
down that road sometimes, you know. <laughs> so, Stan, you want to take us out on this? Yeah. So, um, my two main thoughts on on this song is, uh, as far as the process on it, it is probably the most jammed uh, as far as like the writing process on it goes. Like, uh, like Luther said, we had kind of that main riff, but then everything else, we just kind of worked our way through together. Um, it's also the very first song written for the album because we uh, released a demo version of it as a flexi for the Flenser. Um, oh, so cool. it kind of lit a little fire under our ass to start writing new songs. And that was the first thing that came out of it. So the version that's on a flexi is way shorter because literally the time constraints wouldn't even allow it. You, it would, literally wouldn't fit on there. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's literally. like six minutes, I think, like maybe yeah. just over six on that one. You can hear like that demos on like YouTube or whatever, you know, people can, can hear that if you didn't get the the flexi of, if you want to hear a weird YouTube rip of a flexi disc, the highest quality uh, music format. <laughs> right, right, yeah, it's pure sound forever. Uh, Federation X did a budgie cover of New Disintegrating Parachutist Woman, and it's on a 7-inch, but it's, you have to flip it over to hear the rest of the song, like inside A, inside V, and I thought that was, that was the biggest. That's funny. That was the biggest oh, yeah. flex because it's like, all right, cool. if, if you're like, I want to hear this budgie cover, you're you're in for the penny and for a pound at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and I you say gotta get up like, and move, flip it over. Yeah, like, all right. What um, do they do next? Okay. <laughs> but, the anyway. uh, the other thing I'll say about Grimace is that um, it has the most corn riff on the entire album that I personally am so proud that we snuck into the album. That but it's the chorus riff. Yeah. It's the post chorus riff where it just goes do 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 do. I mean that's full on first album corn, like just nakedly. And I every time we hit it playing it live, I'm like, fuck yeah, we did this. <laughs> 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 no, that is a super fun one to play. Like you know, we've been saying we're not really gonna play the the end of that. Yeah, one I was gonna say after like, you just announced that you're not gonna be playing. Yeah, the we we've song, been but, playing yeah. the song though. It's just we only play like the first. Yeah three and a half minutes of it but it is fun to play when we're doing that and the the second verse of that i should have mentioned this during my turn but the uh the second verse of that uh is also just some like one of my favorite guitar riffs i've probably done it's like kind of like in the mix it's kind of hard to tell some spaciness going on there so it's kind of hard to tell what exactly is being played on guitar but uh i know what's being played there and i like it yeah. So there you go. So any any uh, other last thoughts on the record? Uh, anything that we didn't cover earlier? Uh, the fact that it's like third pressing now, right? If I remember right. Or actually, just fourth. Hit fourth. fourth pressing. Oh my god! All right. I'm, yeah. I'll fire yeah, my producer right now. I didn't. So, so uh, I guess actually with that in mind, I guess thank you to everybody who has been like super super over the top supportive of it. We never ever 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 imagined people would be into it as much it means a lot that it's like striking a chord with people yeah um and so yeah i mean we're just humbled i guess i don't know i i, I think we're still all in shock uh, honestly so yeah. truly um so thank you everybody yeah and thank you for uh talking you know even being interested in talking to us and you know all the pleasure. all the contact you've had with us throughout the years and stuff we appreciate it as well uh so Yes, people, chatpilebandcamp.com, uh, the Flinzer, uh, any other links people should be aware of? 
Uh, chat file band on Instagram is, you know, we, we, we mainly kind of use Instagram as far as social media goes. Some, you know, what chat pile band on Twitter also. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now flinsing.com, chatpile.bandcamp.com. Uh, buy other Flinzer stuff too. There's a lot of really good stuff coming out. That uh, scarcity record that just came out is yeah. so awesome. If for fans of cool microtonal black metal, uh, you know, if you like Glenn Branca and you like uh, black metal, there is an album for you now. <laughs> yeah. We got the product for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, they'll be playing with us at our um, New York, like our little East Coast shows that we're doing coming up. Uh, that, that's kind of like their album release, technically. I think nice. it's their first show, actually, yeah. is that first night. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah. Those pros, though, they've all been, you know, they've been in different stuff. <laughs> sure, but, sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dudes, thank you ever so much. Excited to see whatever you have in store next. Excited to see you play whenever that happens to be. <laughs> and uh, yeah, stay safe out there. Yeah. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. And uh, keep, keep it rocking and keep the keyboard cats uh, coming. <laughs> yeah, with this yeah we'll find a way to put that on the next, yeah. on the second album. We'll think, have some keyboard cat. Uh, advent- <laughs> yeah. featured. You've this guy heard. has been bothering me this whole time. Been hanging out. Uh, your camera's a little frozen. A ter- terrible oh, time is. for you to be frozen. Yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> we are smiling, and it, it is yeah, nice. Yeah, you look charming. like you're very intently listening and smiling. Yeah. Hey, I showed the cat. Now he's gone. So <laughs> is gone. Tip, tip, typical cat business for sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, gentlemen, thanks so much. See you down the road. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. See ya. See ya. All right. There they go. The dudes of Chat Pile. Uh, God's Country is the name of the record. Go get that. It's it's awesome. And it is a cool record. Let's hear something from it right now. This is going to be. Oh, let's do Pamela.
There you go. That was Pamela by Chapile. That's off of God's Country. That's uh, that's a great little record. You can find that on your on your better internets everywhere. Internuts. <laughs> uh, Chapile, God's Country. Chapile Bank can't come. Flinzer. Those guys are great. I like those dudes. Hope you guys enjoyed that. The name of this show is Conan Transport Tonic Reversal. Thank you very much for listening to it. This show airs Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific, on RadioNopeRadioNope.com. Also on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook Live, when I feel like it. Archives of the show at ProtonicReversal.com. Always free, no ads, no sponsors, no kidding. But if you like the show and want to get episodes sooner, 
$1 a month at patreon.com slash Traversal will achieve that goal. Maybe I'll put up a PayPal link eventually for people that don't want to do that. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. America, all ships at sea. Thanks, folks, for uh, sharing the show around, liking, subscribing, posting a review. All that helps people find it. It's appreciated. Thanks for listening, watching, consuming the show, being involved with the show, being a part of a community. It's lovely. I don't take it lightly. 50,000 watts of power. Bunch of cool stuff coming up. I think uh, we're going to do... Another special to Brian Walsby, Tony Ash, Conan Neutron. Uh, cheap trick this time. We did ACDC a while ago. So for the classic rock heads, uh, there's a couple. I really want to announce something, but I'm not going to say it because I had to schedule it three times. But there's two shows coming up that I think you'll be very excited about. So stay tuned. Take it easy. But stay safe out there. And check you later. Radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the... It's the end of radio! The last announcer plays the last record! The last what? Leaves the transmitter! Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now?
it really broadcasting if there's no one there to receive? It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day. Radio. 